Have you ever had an important presentation, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or it's been in a large group setting that was really critical for your success and you didn't make the impact you wanted to? Okay, let's be honest. As entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, we have that every day. Well, I wanna share with you someone who's changed my life, who has helped me immensely and many of the my community really make a huge impact on their ability to speak with power, to influence. Joel Walden. Joel is an amazing guy, and I'm going to bring him right to you here. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. Joel, I am so glad to have you take the time and join us through the magic of Skype. Thank you for being here to share your insights with the community at AES, Entrepreneurial Success, Accelerating Entrepreneurial Success Nation.com. Well, it's great to be with you, too. Well, one of the things I want to do is I want to set the stage a little bit better. You know, Joel, I've known for about a year now, and I've been in industry. I was a financial advisor starting in 1978, and I, I've, I've done presentations throughout my whole career. And it was, they were pretty ugly in the beginning. And I've progressively, after writing books, doing keynotes and so on, got a lot better, but by no means perfect. And I had the opportunity in one of my mastermind groups to meet Joel. And Joel was going, I mean, some super successful people in our mastermind group. But Joel shared after every presentation, all of us agreed to have Joel critique us. And I got to tell you, it was one of the best learning experience I've ever had in my life. And it was such a powerful learning experience. I had Joel come to my mastermind group of top financial advisors from around the country. We have a, now about 180 uh, financial advisors in that group. And I asked Joel, to go over every one of the presentations starting mine. And there's nothing like being critiqued in front of the group. And Joel was very kind and powerful. I mean, it was the hit. Joel, you don't know this, but I just got the surveys back uh, today from our clients and it was a huge hit. So I wanna thank you for that. But what I really wanna do is to have you share some of the insights of what you've done. You know, tell me, tell you know, our viewers and listeners what it is you really do first. Well, first of all, welcome to this message, and it's great to be with you. I'm a professional speaker, and for the last 40-plus years, I've been hired by major corporations in all kinds of industries to speak to their people, sales group, leadership groups, or all employees of a company. And most of these people are highly successful individuals. And our business has been word of mouth for 40 years. And if you do a great job, people will tell somebody else about it. And that experience has gotten me paid to speak over 2,950 different times. And over these 40 years, I've watched at least 10,000 speakers speak at business meetings. And it became very clear in the beginning that some people are amazing at what they do. And some people could use some help. And one of the things I learned early in my career as a Toastmaster, and I joined the Toastmasters Club to overcome my fear of speaking. I was a terrible speaker, didn't know what to do. 
But at Toastmasters, and maybe we can talk more about that later, you get feedback. Everybody critiques you. So I use that every time I was paid to speak. And I would ask my audience what they liked and what they didn't like. And all I kept doing for 40 years is keep doing what they like and stop doing what they didn't like. You don't have to be a, a genius to figure out that's a pretty good way to keep improving. You and know, then because, yes, John. Well, and I was going to say, you know, it's one of the greatest things about doing presentations is we get to learn from the marketplace. You know, our audience is very kind to us. They tell us what's working and maybe you should do that again. Well, but, that's right. And, and if you look at feedback, without feedback, you're the only one in the room that doesn't know how well you're doing. I mean, but, when you think about that, well, and, and, you make a presentation as an entrepreneur and if you don't get feedback, you're the only one that doesn't know. You go in the bathroom, hide in a stall and listen to people talk. You'll find <laughs> out what they really think. Yeah. And, and, and it's so much better to get it directly. And then and certainly through coaches like yourself. But Joel, what was let me do uh, hit, hit one of our segments is uh, the breakthrough and have is we we have so many people that are coaches you know for all kinds of different things and you are you know you, I don't know anybody that's done as many presentations paid engagements as, and paid well as well as watch so many speakers tell tell me what was the big breakthrough though because you I mean you're a Hall of Fame speaker you're you're recognized in our industry I mean a number of the advisors who remember you know studying with you early on and you they were just blown away how you know you were there again and helping them at a different point in their career well the breakthrough really was in the very beginning and it occurred to me that the reason most people aren't that effective is they're not prepared they don't know their audience and they're focused on themselves and if I had to sum up everything I've learned in 40 years in 22 words, this is it. Speak to your audience about what they need in an organized way that they can follow and get yourself out of the way. And that's it. And once I understood that years ago, that's what I practice doing. And that's what I help other people do. It's all about your message. It's what you're saying that should be so important to your listeners that they hang on every word. And yet so many times, and think of your career as an entrepreneur. How many meetings have you gone to where you're listening to a speaker and you turn to the person next to you and say, hey, what's he talking about? Or where is this going? You don't have a clue. So clarity of message is so important, but the content is the king. It's not your delivery. It's not your style of presentation, your visuals. It's your message. And if you spend time focusing on the needs of your audience and organize your ideas in a way that they can follow and make it impossible for them to misunderstand you, then you'll be effective in your presentation. Well, and you are, and you've, you've helped so many. And I, I want to dive a little deeper because one of the things I think you do so well, Joel, to differentiate yourself and help entrepreneurs who have the privilege of working with you is before you get on stage or before you get in the boardroom or you get in you know across the desk making the presentation you're big on preparation so would you share you know pay lip service to preparation you don't how, how would you coach your fellow entrepreneurs and how they can be prepared for an important presentation well could we use your example that i spoke at a few weeks ago 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great one because, uh, Joel, you, I mean, unbelievably prepared for that meeting. So how did you get there and, and why? Well, how I got there was when you start watching other people, it becomes obvious they're talking about things that aren't relevant to the audience that they're speaking to. So how do you prevent that? Well, you've got to know about the audience. So the first step, as you're listening to these ideas and watching this presentation, if you're seeing it on Skype, anytime you're going to make a presentation, the very first thing you need to do is ask yourself, who's my audience? Who am I talking to? So when John and I started working together on this meeting for his special financial advisors, the first question to John was, who's going to be in the audience? And he said, well, they're financial advisors. Okay, well, that's a general term. Well, tell me what kind of financial advisors are they? And he told me there were three different groups of them. Those that work for major wirehouses, which would be the major brokerage firms. They would be independent people. And then they would be those that work with a broker dealer. Now, if you're not in financial services, those groups don't mean anything to you. But I've worked a lot of years in financial services, and that was very helpful. Then the next question is, well, what level of success have they achieved? And then he gave me their financial background and how much money they're earning and how much assets under management, that tells you something else. So think about your audience. Who are you talking to? Well, maybe I can give you this test as a listener. And since John, you play the part of our audience. So John doesn't know what these questions are. So this think is of a little question. scary here as we're doing it, but go well, ahead, Joel. You, you hold on, you're good. Okay, so I'm talking to our audience, but I'm gonna address it to John. So mm -hmm. John, Tomorrow, you're going to speak to 50 people about safe driving. Mm -hmm. Quickly give me three don'ts and three do's about safe driving. What would you tell these people to not do to be well, a safe driver? Yeah, Don't. This is, what I would have done prior to working with you, Joel. No, no, just answer the question. Okay. Well, what? Uh, follow, you know, take the uh, driver's manual. Make sure you're familiar with the car. Pay attention to your surroundings, always be surveying, you know, the area, look forward, you know, look forward ahead of where you're driving, you know, things okay, like what, that. What shouldn't we not do? That's what we should do. Okay. Know our vehicle, know oh, the yeah. surroundings. Uh, what we should not do is we definitely should obey the traffic laws. Obey the traffic laws, good. Treat other drivers how we would like to be treated and recognize that not all other drivers will drive as well as we think we drive. Okay, so as a listener, would you say those are pretty good? Maybe you added in there, don't text or don't drink mm -hmm. or don't tell you. I mean, all of, very good. John, you completely failed the test. You let all of our <laughs> listeners down because the first question John should have asked that I know he knew the answer, but he didn't want to give it away. The first question you always ask is, Joel, before I answer the question, who's my audience? So John asked me, who are these 50 people tomorrow that I'm going to talk to? Yeah, Joel, who are the 50 people? Oh, they're race car drivers. And, and the racing association has found there's been too many accidents on the track. So they brought you in to talk to these 50 people about safe driving. Now let's go over that list of do's and don'ts. Yeah. Okay, review the owner's manual of the vehicle. I think the race car drivers have that down. Yeah, no. Be obedient to the traffic laws. Oh, yeah, that's what we want to do on the race. Can you see that all of those talking points would be totally irrelevant to race car drivers? And yet every business meeting you go to, you'll see a speaker 
who has as little understanding of you as the audience as that person who said those things about safe driving without asking who's the audience. So if you always begin with that, so when John and I started working on this program for his financial advisors, I asked him a lot of questions, probably more questions than he wanted to get. But what had to happen in my mind, I had to know who was going to be sitting in those seats. What do they need to be doing? What are they fearful or concerned about? And what are their victories, their achievements? And what if you did the same thing? Next time you're making a presentation, if you would ask whoever invited you to speak, or if you know the group, make a list of their needs, their fears, and their victories, their achievements. And watch how you will just, if you just did that alone, how much better your message would be. Uh, so the first step is knowing your audience. Yeah, no, Joe, I, I totally agree. As a matter of fact, I haven't shared this with you yet, and let me do it right now, is uh, on the survey we got back, and this is for the whole conference, it was 100% satisfied. And satisfaction, we set at, the measure was, would you refer other top financial advisors to this? And it was 100% out of that whole crowd. So, and you're, you know, you were, I think I beat you by one 100th of a percent on score, but I think that was a home home game advantage, but you were the second top. Well, you voted for yourself. I like did, I would, if, if, the, if I could win by that, no. I mean, phenomenal. And, and, I, and the reason why I make a big deal of it, Joel, is I think that preparation, was just so important. But let's let's say we're on stage now because so many entrepreneurs, you know, really don't, you know, get on stage that much, but when they do, it's important. What are some of the things if they're really well prepared, they're now on stage, how, how can they make it even more impactful so that they get the end result they're looking for? Okay. So we know who the audience is and you're standing on stage and as you look out at them, in your preparation, one suggestion would be regardless of how long you're going to talk, five minutes, an hour, or five hours, in one sentence, what are you going to talk about? What do you want to say, them to say, you talked about when you're finished in one sentence? So if you will start with that one sentence, let's say that you're talking to a group of college students who want to be entrepreneurs, and you're a successful entrepreneur yourself. And you have lots of things to share from your experience, how you began your business, how you built your business, how you hired people, how you attracted customers, how you maintained great customer service. All of those things could be talking points. But when you're finished, if somebody from a local newspaper was going to interview each of those college students and they asked them this question, I see you had a successful entrepreneur talking to you today. What did he or she say? And every one of those audience members will probably come up with one sentence. What do you want that one sentence to be? And if you will begin your preparation after you know your audience with one sentence, and then think of all the things from your experience that would support that one sentence. And if what you're thinking of doesn't support that sentence, a story, an example, a humorous illustration doesn't support that sentence, you can't use it because it's not going to be relevant to where you're taking your audience. So that technique alone will help you focus your message on what's really important to your audience and give them a crystal clear message.
that's impossible for them to misunderstand. Joe, I want to just, I know you call it the golden thread. And yes. it is, if there is anything you're taking away from this podcast, it's this. I, Joel and I were at a meeting, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, I'm in his mastermind group, Joe Polish. Joel was there critiquing some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the country. And, you know, some that were making tens of millions of dollars in net income. And some that have been on TV every day for the last several years. And Joel was able to help them. And this is probably the one, I think, Joel, that most of us, you know, weren't as clear. You know, we knew our audience because it was friends and fellow entrepreneurs. But it was just so surprising among all these professional speakers, entrepreneurs who are very comfortable, there wasn't always that consistency of the gold thread. And then also there wasn't the clear call to action at the end. It was, you know, it's embarrassing when you pointed it out. <laughs> okay, so, so that goes back kind of to that one sentence. Well, well let's, since we've just created this hypothetical thing for our discussion, that, that our viewer, our listener, is going to talk to young entrepreneurs, wannabe entrepreneurs, and they're already successful. So this university or college has invited them in to this successful group of young people. And let's just say the one sentence that they've learned, and this would be my one sentence, would be promise a lot, deliver even more. If whatever you tell your customers you're going to do exceed their expectation, whatever you do with the people you're hiring about the job that they're going to be coming into exceed their expectation, promise a lot, but deliver even more. So let's just say that that's my one sentence, this golden thread that John referred to. The next thing is to keep using that throughout your presentation. So it becomes impossible for your audience to misunderstand you. So let's say we're going to tell a personal story. So here I was, a young guy starting my business, but I remembered what my philosophy was. It was going to be to promise a lot and deliver even more. And here's how I did that as a beginning entrepreneur. Then you tell your story. Then maybe you're adding something that happened with a customer. Yeah, we had a, a customer, one of our biggest customers, and we had a problem. But I knew the philosophy had to be promise a lot and deliver even more. So I repeated it again. If you're going to talk for 30 minutes, it wouldn't be inappropriate to mention that one sentence, that golden thread, five to 30 times in your message. Every story, every illustration supports that premise. Then it's impossible to misunderstand where you're going. And then as John said, we have to have a call to action. Something has got to happen. It's got to have a verb in it. There's got to be some movement, some action. So what is it that you want your audience to do. And if it's a group of college students, they're still in school. Obviously, they're not working yet because they're still trying to get their degree in their education. So what is your call to action? Maybe it would be to study the businesses that they shop in. Maybe it's to find a mentor. Whatever it is, you've got to have a call to action. So here's three things you can do as college students. One, two, and three. That's a call to action. And each one of them is going to help you promise a lot and deliver even more when you get your business going. And remember when I gave you those 22 words, the last part of it was after I said, speak to your audience about what they need in an organized way that they can follow. And the third part, get yourself out of the way. It's not about you, it's about your audience. You can use a personal story, you can talk about your experience, 
only if it helps them do what they should be doing. It's not bragging. If you've done it, it's a fact. But make sure you tell that story with them in mind, not you, because you've already done that. So you look at how many times you say you and how many times you say I. And if you record one of your presentations and all you're talking about is I, me, and mine, well, it's pretty obvious you're not talking about the audience, which would be you, your, and you'll. And every time you use that, it's like plugging into your audience and they know that you're talking to them. So those are some things that when you're making a presentation to keep in mind, know your audience, think of their needs, fears, and victories, put it into one sentence, connect with the you, and here's a big one. Are you ready? Because you're successful, I can give you this one. And John and I haven't talked about this one yet. It's called anticipatory statements. And an anticipatory statement is where you bring up a potential negative, where you state some of the objections your listeners could have in their mind. So back to this hypothetical thing where you're talking to these young entrepreneurs. Well, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm in school. I don't have any money. How can I start a business? That's an anticipatory statement. Or you might be thinking, well, I'm still in school. What can I do now? I've got to wait till I get out of school. That's an anticipatory statement. Or this sounds like a lot of work. I didn't think there was this much involved to be a successful entrepreneur. That's an anticipatory statement. So think about stating some of the objections or concerns that your audience has. And when you bring them up, they don't have to defend them. You've brought it up. No, this is so good, Joel. And, you know, one of the things I love and, you know, the top speakers, top presenters, top authors, anyone communicating, what they do and they do well is they frame, they have structure and you do it so well. Let, let me ask you, I'm going to go to a couple of our segments. One of our segments is the application of the day. So what's my application? What is your application that you're excited about? You mean an app? Yeah, well, we were, you know, we were talked about it before. You were telling me you know, what you use all the time. Oh, Google. Yeah. I mean, oh, why I'm are you excited Google about Google? <laughs> I, I'm excited about Google. I mean, I'm so old. I remember when we used to have to go to library. <laughs> and, and John, you know, I'm so old. I, I have an autographed copy of the Bible. But in the past, when I would have to prepare for a company meeting, like well, I remember years ago in the, in the late 70s, I was doing a bunch of IBM meetings. And to find out things about IBM, I had to go to the library. I had to look up things and try to find copies of their annual report. There, there was no internet. And there certainly wasn't Google. Now you can find out anything. You could look on there and find out John Bowen's shoe size. Yes, you could. It, everything is available. Well, and Google it is, is such it, a wonderful application. Well, and, it, and it's so, I mean, you know, when we talk about getting prepared, I mean, what a tool that we have at our fingertips and it's free. How about the, the book of the, let me put the animation here real quick. But what about the book of the day? You know, what, what book would you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs? Well, I'll recommend a book. Can I tell a little story rather than just the name? Yeah, no, definitely. Did the camera just move? Yeah, we're okay. okay. Oh, we're okay, good. All right. Well, let me just tell you a quick story. Fortune magazine has a book of the month. They always talk about a business book. And some years ago, I always looked at that book and it wasn't a book about business. It was a book about health and fitness. It's called Younger Next Year, 
How to Live to 80 and Feel Like 50 by Crowley and Lodge. And it had like a five-page summary of the book. And the headline was in that article, first time we've ever promoted a book on health and fitness in Fortune magazine. Well, I read the five pages. It was fascinating. I got the book, and it was amazing. And I started recommending it to my clients. And I've recommended a lot of books, from In Search of Excellence to anything Tom Peters written. Or John Wooden's books are wonderful, the former basketball coach at UCLA. What values he instilled. But never have I gotten the feedback from Younger Next Year. Some of these CEOs that I'd recommended to would buy 20 books for all of their executives. It, it became a phenomenon. It was on the bestsellers list. I don't uh, know how many. Joe, years. I bought it for my whole team, and my wife oh. and I bought it for our families and oh, gave it to well, everybody. So well, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Okay, so, so there's a great example of, of word of mouth. And, and if you do that with your speaking, if you're just so good at it because you prepared and you knew your audience, and that's what Crowley and Lodge did in that book. It was so specific. You, you'd have to be an idiot to misunderstand that book. And remember our premise, make it impossible for your audience to misunderstand. And the same thing what you're writing when you send an email, you're writing a proposal to one of your clients. Make it impossible to be misunderstood. Make it about them. Talk about their needs, fears, and victories. In one sentence, what should that proposal be? That's what you want to do. So your communication skill is in writing. It's in speaking. It's in presenting to a group. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's even talking to your loved ones. Uh, this is great, Joel. I mean, this is really good. Let me play back, and we call this segment the key takeaways. Okay. And what I heard, so I, I would just go to my notes here. And, you know, to me, the very first thing we talked about is so important, and it's underestimated all the time, is know your audience, their needs, their fears, their concerns, their wants. And I just, I mean, the, the presentations are so powerful when you do that. It's, it's amazing. Second thing that I've really learned from Joel, and I want to share with you, is the golden thread. It is getting very clear on what you're looking to weave, that message throughout that one sentence that Joel talked about. And it can be repeated a number of times. I gotta tell you, if you're doing the right structure, it should be repeated a number of times just to keep you on track. And then lastly, something that Joel does every single time I've ever had the privilege of working with him is promise a lot, deliver even more. Joel, how am I doing on takeaways for the group? Well, those are pretty good, John. I think you got the essence there. All you got to do is that is one thing. If you just get one thing out of this and improve. Yeah, no, this is great. Joel, I'm going to put up your website real quick on resources. Let me actually, I'll hit resources here. And what we have is uh, Joel has got a great website, a lot of information. I'm gonna point the cursor to executive speech coaching. For some of you who want to go that extra mile and take, you know, unfortunately in a half an hour podcast, whether it's video or audio, we can't do that much. Uh, we can give you some big framing and so on. Joel is not only my coach, but for a whole bunch of financial advisors and fellow entrepreneurs I have the privilege of working with, he's helping. And this can make such a huge difference. So. Joel, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your insights on how to make a more powerful presentation. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure being with you. Okay, let's go out and execute now 
on those key takeaways. Take them to your team. Go ahead and make this an extremely important tool so that you have powerful presentations and you never have to question again. Wish you the best of success.